Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 210 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what is going on in our own lives. And I missed you uh, when I was absent last week, Carly, celebrating uh, Jewish New Year up north. Um, how have you been and what have you been up to? Yes, first off, Lashana Tova. Thank you very much. And uh, yes, Chag uh, Sameach to everyone. Good Yantif, uh, whatever other phrases you want to throw in there. <laughs> yes. Uh, been up to a lot of fun stuff per the usual course. I did spend a couple days at Universal Orlando Resort. Mm. My favorite, the Dockside. I love Excellent. that resort. Value, shocking. And Great choice. Yeah, it's it's. I think this is like maybe my dozen stay there since it opened. And wow, my, I you, they they are going to name a suite after you. I hope so. Yes, uh, I have stayed at all the Universal hotels. I love them all for different reasons, but the value there, and it is a value hotel. Mm -hmm. The bus. I've never waited more than ten seconds for a bus. The pools are. Mm -hmm really nice like mm -hmm. luxury resort tri style tropical sand pools beaches the quick service most importantly like what's your favorite drink at the pool bar so i get the pina colada uh. and i am not a huge frozen drink person but i was actually talking to them about this it's so good you could taste the coconut they mm. make the mix from scratch every single day nice that's that's, nice. Crazy. that's an excellent tip more the thing uh so we uh, the AP rates there are just sensational. We yeah. did the two bedroom suite this weekend. I think it was like one twenty five a night. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was it was just my husband and I, and I just threw my stuff everywhere because I could. Right. <laughs> we had like three beds. You had the picnic table, but more importantly, we went to do a rip tour at Halloween uh, Nights. Oh, excellent. Yes. Uh, did you have a good guide? We, so we have a favorite guide. His name is right. Paul. We call mm -hmm. him yes. Paul. Yep. The day that Rip Tour opened for booking earlier this spring, we called, got mm -hmm. his dates, and booked it because he does a lot of the celebrities and uh, NBC yep. Comcast executives. He's the best. He's so knowledgeable. He, You just trust him. So we did the fully private one so you could tell them how you want to go mm -hmm. about doing stuff. But I'm like, Paul, you just tell us, you know, the best routes, you know, the best times to hit everything. It was perfect. We did about 17 house walkthroughs. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And well, I got leisurely. <laughs> we, we took like three drink breaks in the private uh, bars. Yeah. I, I, I did my one night with my uh, the cheap way with my premier uh, ticket that comes with my premier mm -hmm. pass. And uh, got there real early, got into Finnegan's real early, was one of the, you know, first hundred people into um, Stranger Things. And between stay and scream and staying until literally being the last person to step into Exorcist of the night, I did 15. But that took a lot of that was exhausting. Yeah. Like I my I would have paid just to like save my feet uh, a little bit of the hustle by having right, uh, right. having that RFP tour guide. 
Absolutely. And I will say we got lucky. So they're a little, it's interesting with the pricing of the Rip Tours. You can't just look online and see these dates are this price. You have to call. Oh, no, no, no. Especially the the uh, private ones. If you have to ask, you probably can't afford it. (laughs) It's So I will say, because I'm doing a story about this, we lucked out and got one of the cheaper end of the Spectrum Tours, which I was still Mm -hmm. surprised because it's still a Thursday in late September. And it came out to, I believe, 340 a person. So if you consider how much an express pass is, plus you get the hour dining before, you get all the private drink breaks, that is pretty crazy. And we all use our premier ticket. So we also didn't have to purchase the ticket on top of it. So if you could swing a group and get luck out with cheap night, it's not terrible. That's awesome. I'm uh, I'm very jealous. Uh, yeah. One of these days, uh, I'm going to win the lottery and I will be there. Yes. Just for you, just your pr- private tour. <laughs> yes, just me, no one else. Um, that sounds uh, amazing. Um, I uh, I did not spend quite as much time in theme parks. Uh, I was visiting family, um, but uh, I did uh, get to ride the Bright Line on Ooh. its second day of operation. Uh, we've talked about this a bit in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the new high-speed train that goes between uh, Orlando and then it goes to West Palm and all the way down the coast to Miami. Uh, I took it to Aventura, which is one stop short of Miami. And I got to say, I had a really positive experience. Uh, normally, when I make that trip, uh, I have to make it an overnight trip because uh, driving four hours on Turnpike and I-95 traffic is is frankly exhausting. And there's um, nothing to look at. That's my uh, yeah. issue. There's nothing yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Um, this way, uh, I had a nice, comfortable seat um, that I would say was, you know, uh, the seat was... Uh, Better, much better than a coach seat on a uh, typical airline, closer to a first class seat, plenty of legroom, big table, power outlets. I got work done. I got to write a column while I was uh, riding. And, uh, you know, it hits about 120 miles an hour um, as it's cutting across the state, but a very smooth. Um, I know on the first day of operations, uh, it was a little less smooth. I believe the train hit a pedestrian on day one. Um, not, yeah. Um, this is why in Florida we can't have nice things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, so, uh, that was, that was sad. But on this, the second day when I was riding, um, it was smooth sailing. And, you know, if you're just looking at purely on a, a, a dollar basis, um, then, uh, a one way trip is uh, about 80 bucks, um, for the regular class. Um, uh, round trip, 160 bucks. Um, that same round trip, if I take my car between gas and tolls, uh, is going to cost about uh, 60, 70 something dollars. Um, and so I think uh, if you can get work done mm-hmm. uh, and you can avoid having to get a hotel room for the night or you know if you can do what you need to in in miami and get back uh the same day um i think that it is uh you know cost effective but just uh even if it's not you know the best bargain just the peace of mind of not driving through miami traffic Um, and uh you know it drops you off like literally across the street from the aventura mall 
all the stops are in really uh, central locations. So, um, you know, I the only thing I wish was that there was free parking at the Orlando terminal because uh, the Orlando terminal is basically Terminal C at the airport. Mm -hmm. And uh, adding on that extra 20 bucks or whatever for the day to park your car um, does make it uh, less attractive. Absolutely. And so find a friend to drop you off. Yeah. I, I've flown from Fort Lauderdale to Orlando a bunch, like visiting family. And that's mm -hmm. usually very cheap. Like if you were just going for a quickie, like a spirit flight, mm -hmm. like $29, but you also have to go to the airport then. So. I, well, and I will say that the convenience of, uh, they do have like a belt that you put your bags on to run through a scanner, but it's nothing like TSA. And uh, I just walked straight in, scanned, you're not checking IDs. Um, and when the train is ready, they literally just sort of open the door. You, everyone walks in, they close the door and it's done. Um, it sounds no like big European long... train travel. It's, it felt very, very much like when I went to Europe and I took a train, mm -hmm. um, from, uh, Netherlands to France. Um, it was very much like that felt very civilized, uh, yeah. and it was very, very clean. So we'll see, uh, I'm going to take it again in a few weeks and we'll see if it's still that clean. I, I think it could be at the price point. I mean, I yeah. don't know. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it will come in useful for taking, uh, taking a cruise out of because uh, yes. usually I'm, I'm locked into Canaveral just because of the convenience of it. Uh, but if I could easily get to, uh, you know, Port Everglades or Miami, um, that that definitely op opens up the options for cruising if you live in Central Florida. So, Absolutely. all right. Um, well, I think that just about wraps up our chit chat. Uh, and without any further ado, let us jump into the news in the queue. All right, our first story. Uh, I am very jealous uh, <laughs> because our correspondent John Self uh, was invited to Space 220 recently at Epcot to check out their full line of new beverages uh, celebrating the restaurant's second anniversary. Uh, I have actually only ever been up inside there once. Uh, I can't believe it's already two years old. Uh, <laughs> but they, uh, they have introduced a range of new uh, and redesigned mocktails and cocktails. Uh, very uh, visually attractive, very Instagrammable. Uh, and some of them have some fun twists. Um, and I, I find it ironic that uh, John Self was the one to get invited to this uh, since he is not a big drinker. Uh, and uh, he had to sample all of these. So more power to you, John. Yes. And good luck getting in there because it is still one of the most impossible mind bending. I don't understand how you get in. Uh, I have been three times and... Uh, that was enough for me. It's not in my regular rotation, yeah. but I know people like these kind of fun mixed cocktails. Yeah, I have never personally been able to get a regular table seating there. Um, I have uh, managed to um, get myself into the bar on just one occasion. 
Um, and uh, I got to say the the experience of going into it is great. If you haven't seen it, we kind of break it down uh, in this article on attractionsmagazine.com. The whole boarding experience is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you're going up on a space elevator and it, you know, kind of simulates uh, the view uh, rising up out of central Florida and heading up uh, into this orbiting station. Uh, in the Stellar Vader, uh, my favorite part is this little kind of throwback to uh, Horizons, yes. uh, where you oh. see this rotating garden, the zero G garden uh, with a mirror optical illusion. Uh, I really like that little bit. And then as you as you get out of the elevator, the main restaurant has this big panoramic uh, projection view of outer space and the surface of the Earth, and you can see uh, astronauts flying by and occasionally playing with lightsabers uh it's a thing um but the bar uh is a lot of fun and uh we have a rundown of some of these new uh cocktails um they start with some zero proof mocktails um uh including a new version of probably their signature uh mocktail which is the moon rocks uh you know a lot of people have posted uh reels and stuff of them uh you know having the pop rocks that come with the moon rocks drinks but now they've swapped out the coconut that it used to be made with for pineapple juice uh and that's that got a thumbs up from our reporter yes and you can also add liquor to any of them because i know oh <laughs> so I moon rocks with a shot yes i uh, right. sometimes i like the drink better on the mocktail menu but if mm. i add something to make it a cocktail and they allow you to do that so there's well, this, no shame if you want to do that this you might like this one then uh one of the new mocktails which is this is something i've not seen on a disney menu it's a mocktail that you still have to be 21 and older to enjoy because it's made with non-alcoholic tequila um along with grapefruit bitters and fever tree tonic water it's called a solar flare sour and I am certain that they would substitute real tequila if you uh, ask them yes. for that one. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, if you want a glow cube, uh, you can get that Starship Lemonade. Uh, but there is some sad news. Um, they no longer are giving out the uh, trading cards mm -hmm. that used to come with the mocktails and the kids' meals. Uh, I know some people really went crazy for these. Um, I've got a, a few stashed away, um, but I guess it seems like these have been uh, maybe discontinued, at least for now, because they're not being distributed uh, anymore with the drinks. I have mine safely stashed away for my one-day uh, Disney Parks basement museum. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. Um <laughs> Well, if you want to drown your sorrows about not being able to collect more of those cards, they do have plenty of alcoholic uh, cocktails. Um, you can look on our website for a full breakdown of all of them. Um, there's the, a Galaxy Spritz ap uh, aperitif, uh, the Illumination. Uh, I can't see the show anymore, but you can have a Bacardi drink. Um and uh, I am a bourbon fan, so I would probably order the Black Hole Old yes. Fashioned. Uh, and uh, John, uh, more power to him, sampled all of the new beverage cocktails, um, uh, presumably not uh, finishing 
the glasses because we just we, little sips he would never have been able to write this up if he had no. um yeah the illumination lo really looks fun because it's got all these uh bobas in it um so it looks like a very chewy drink uh and then the shuttle crew if you've got a sweet tooth that has tang foam on top Ooh. yeah some fuzzy tauntaun stuff mm. oh yeah well i love that uh the tingly uh, foam that comes on that mm -hmm. one. And I know, I think there was a shortage of that for a while. There was a plant I hope that's, shortage for a while. Yeah, hope that's back in stock. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, another little kind of throwback here, um, the menu, the new drink menu is one of these rotating wheels uh, with a little cutout where uh, you can only see one uh, drink at a time as you spin the wheel around. And that kind of rem reminds me of the opening day Epcot maps. That I had, have one uh, in uh, plastic. Oh. That my mother uh, saved for me. Oh my! She was a She's a brilliant woman. Yes. Most, most of us just toss those away. In a sheet protector. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, yeah, um, if you want to read all about uh, John's experience, and apparently this was John's fourth time uh, at the restaurant, so maybe he can give us some tips on how you actually uh, get a reservation there. Um, uh, and he said that he sampled all of these before going to a tasting at Disney Springs. <laughs> we are very glad that you used Lyft that day. Yes, uh, because I know I wouldn't be able to navigate um, Disney public, you know, Disney buses trying to get from Epcot to Disney Springs uh, after that many drinks. I would just be circling around a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, there is definitely a wide range of selection and he, uh, thankfully also was given some food, <laughs> uh, with all of that. Um, there is a, a big bang burrito with compressed watermelon, um, a really tasty looking blue moon caviar, tempura caviar, and some spacey pad thai, uh, and a carrot cake for dessert that looks pretty yummy. Carving up. Carving up. <laughs> Carving up. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we've got video on our YouTube of the full dining experience. Uh, so check all of that out uh, at attractionsmagazine.com. Um, next up is something that you are going to tell us all about. Uh, Scarowins is back at Carowins. Uh, they have some funky food. And uh, they've also got some monsters there, from what I hear. And you have some firsthand experience with that. So yes. why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to? Very cool. Yeah, there was a preview experience the night before the opener, which 10 out of 10, a media event hosted as the park is closed, especially for something like this, mm. was like a dream. You know, you're walking around and it's just there's no one there. There's like 100 people there. Uh, Scarowinds is awesome. Five houses this year and we got to sample some of the food and they've gotten really inventive this year and then also i got to be transformed into oh. a air actor so was that uh, your first time undergoing was it airbrush makeup it or, was airbrush uh, yeah I, I forgot it was on to be honest with you yeah it's it's, so it's kind of a it's a little cold going on but it's a yeah. cool experience yeah it was very cool they themed me to uh one of the vampire like blood yard. Uh, so I was a vampire. I had a really cool leather outfit on. It was so fun. It I was looking forward to it, obviously, a lot, but it was even better than I imagined. The makeup artist, she had been at Universal Hollywood for Horror Nights out oh, there wow. for a long time. She moved here, does scarowins now, and she was just 
incredible and she did it in 15 minutes that is amazing wow because i saw pictures and it it looked like a work of art so 15 it, minutes it really was it they're, I they're really talented at banging that out yeah um, and of course the food is all also exciting we got to try <laughs> yes <laughs> so we we have an article about uh the lineup of food and we've talked a lot about uh you know halloween food at disney and universal but scarewinds is not sleeping on it um uh by the way this event it takes place uh select nights right now through october 29th and um as part of this media event uh that i guess uh blake taylor who is uh, mm -hmm. our correspondent also attended um you guys got to see john lucas the executive chef of carowinds do a live cooking demonstration for two of the uh items and we actually have um the recipes for these items uh on our website attractionsmagazine.com so let's start out with those two uh what did you think of the buffalo brains and the fear the reaper chicken dip both were delicious and actually two of the favorite things that i tried i mean buffalo chicken dip you can't really go wrong no. you know and they're fresh tortilla chips the dip i also really loved my favorite actually was the walking tacos oh I okay i didn't know i was like a huge fan of them but they use um fajita fire grilled chicken in so this is this so is good. traditionally a bag of fritos topped yeah. with uh with chili or other you know taco style toppings um i'm not a huge fritos fan but they're walking well, tacos at every event this year and they are yes. popular i have great news they do not use fritos at scarewinds they use oh. flaming hot doritos and i think oh, I, okay. like I don't really mm. like fritos either so i would never order that under normal circumstance but they use flaming hot doritos it was really good so i was that, very surprised that sounds dangerous that yes. <laughs> that sounds dangerous <laughs> i would probably go for the uh fried cauliflower buffalo bites because uh, yes. i'm a big fan of that i have those two also delicious uh there was on display but we didn't get to try the most polarizing offering a cotton candy topped turkey leg yes so I I having trouble wrapping my brain around it. We're, I was looking for a good photo of it. Um, so we're talking your standard turkey leg, and then do they like stick it in the cotton candy machine? Is it like you know, like it's like the paper stick at the middle of a, a thing of cotton candy, or is it, it just a little bit like a cotton candy cocoon from Killer? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Uh. I didn't try it yet, but I do want to try it. I'm very intrigued. I'm not a turkey yeah. leg person or a cotton candy person, but I feel like I have to try it. But the interesting thing is because the turkey leg is like greasy, it causes the cotton candy to, to melt. Yeah, out. that's the thing. That's the thing that the sugar and the fat. So, I mean, I guess it would kind of like, you know, candy bacon, uh, you know, or something like that maybe, but ooh. Yeah. Um, we need someone to actually try this and report back, um, and preferably someone uh, who has also tried the pickle milkshake at Epcot mm. this season to tell us which is which is the worst which idea. Which is the craziest, yeah. I just don't know how you pick up the cotton candy turkey leg. That's what right, really right. Does it come about. with a glove? It's got to come with a glove. You just shove your face one. in it. Yeah. I'm not sure. 
I think um, that this Oreo yes. funnel cake, that mm -hmm. looks more my speed. Um, two chocolate funnel cakes with cream in between and crumbled Oreos. That that looks uh, a little more doable. Yeah. The menus are really good this year. Nice yeah. mix of sweet and savory drinks. I tried uh, one of the cocktails, which was a vodka-based drink that was delicious. They have the nope. blood bags that we all love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Theme cocktails in fun colors, um, and they the uh, the glasses almost look like little cauldrons or little um, yes crystal balls, um, and yes blood bag cocktails so that you can really get in that Halloween debauchery spirit. <laughs> yes. I just like um, there are little sweet blood bags always. I will do like one a season and then I'm good. But they got a great and, mix. Uh, we also understand that if you are not into the scary, um, a lot of these food items are also available during the daytime when they have the uh, kid-friendly Great Pumpkin Fest with the Snoopy yes. friends going on. Definitely. So. There's a lot of good new entertainment this year. They have a parade. They have a new opening show. They really, uh, entertainment especially, they really uh, kicked it up a notch. Houses are great. We have one that came over directly from Knott's Berry Farm. We have oh. Slaughterhouse. It's that's that's really cool. cool that they're sharing because you know they're part of the same family. And Knott's yeah. has a, a much longer history of of uh, fifty years. 50 yeah. Years. So to be able to shift some of that work over to another park where people who are going to Carowinds probably haven't also visited Knott's Berry Farm. That's really yes, smart. Yes, they actually shipped a full house, like disassembled it mm. and shifted here. To, wow, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Not just like the plans or the you know no, some props, but the, the actual that's crazy. And sent to Carowin, so I think that's just the coolest. That is crazy. I'm I'm making a trip to uh, um, Howl Scream in Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, and I'm really interested because they have some overlap in the houses, the house themes, and the shows there. Uh, so I'm curious to see how similar they are. Uh, that's it's fun really to neat. compare, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't get to do Scary Farm yet. Uh, it was when mm -hmm. I had my Universal Rip Tour, but I will be doing it soon. And that is one of my favorite events every year. I'm, I am going to be uh, going out to California um, for uh, Halloween Horror Nights in Universal there. And also to visit, visit the Magic Castle. Um, but I could not get Oogie Boogie tickets. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to be doing knots because it just doesn't work. But uh, maybe next time. Someday. It's, it's just too much going too on. Much. Too much going on. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want more information about Carowinds, go to carowinds.com. Or like I said, read this article at attractionsmagazine.com. And if you are planning a trip to South America, Brazil has the first ever Nerf themed theme park land opening on October 12th, which just happens to be Children's Day at Beto Carrera World in Brazil. Uh, and this is surprising. Yeah, this looks uh, really bright, really colorful. Um, and it talks about this being the first phase of the new fr family friendly land. So uh, presumably if this is successful, I will see more Nerf attractions in the future. Right. I, I mean, I love the color. Everything looks good. Mm -hmm. It's giving me like Legoland vibes where it's just like yep. this bright and welcoming atmosphere. Obviously great for kids. 
Yeah, uh, this uh, this first expansion um, includes the Super Soaker Splash, uh, where you sit in kind of a round vehicle in a little uh, river um, and you shoot water guns out at other riders. Looks sort of like a splash battle type ride. Um, they've also got the Spin Blast Adventure, uh, which is a 40 rider uh, disco type ride that goes uh, back and forth on a curved track. And finally, they have the Nerf Arcade, uh, where you can grab a digital blaster and see who you can who can get the highest score. It looks really fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it looks fun and immersive, uh, and. Um, while this is the uh, the first phase, uh, they also have uh, some teases uh, coming about the second phase. Um, I do not speak Portuguese, uh, but if you want to visit betocarrero.com.br, uh, you can uh, decipher some of the hints at what might what might be coming in the future, um, and. If uh, Brazil is a little too far for you, uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee is getting its own indoor Nerf-themed experience in 2024. This should be really cool. Uh, there's just something new. It feels like every single month in Pigeon Forge. It's mm -hmm. really hard to keep up with. But this is pretty much unlike anything else that I could mm -hmm. really think of there. So I assume that this is going to be a uh, massive success family yeah. destination uh and if you're driving by you know i'm sure the kids are like stop 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 <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly um yeah it's fun uh, funny from the concept art it looks like the uh nerf action experience that's with an x uh it, which is coming to pigeon forge in 2024 that looks like it's more sports themed i am old enough to remember when nerf meant footballs and basketballs that you could play with inside the house without your parents like screaming at you yeah um and it then it wasn't football it wasn't until like late in my childhood when they came out with first a bow and arrow and that kind of broke the dam and then it was nerf was just about guns and so it looks like uh the the you know the combat side of nerf is what they are emphasizing in this uh brazilian park um but i'm still old enough to remember when nerf meant soft footballs not yes. like machine guns <laughs> that sh they have these nerfs that that sh can shoot you know dozens of of nerf bullets a second and then i just wonder about who goes and collects all of them yes. oh god it's such a pain yeah i i just just give me the little squishy the all that felt like a stress relief ball <laughs> right yes exactly exactly all right and for our final bit of news in the queue uh, if you are in the New York City area at around sunset on September 27th, uh, that's probably you know the day you're listening to this or maybe the day after, um, then you can celebrate Harry Potter's 25th anniversary along with the Empire State Building uh, because New York City's most iconic skyscraper is going to shine in Hogwarts. Hogwarts house colors. I thought this was so cool. I always loved seeing it as a kid, you know, turn green for St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Holidays. I when I saw this, I was like, this is such a great idea for a, a major milestone anniversary. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was always, you know, red, green uh, and white for Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, so now uh, on September 27th, you're going to see Gryffindor red, Slytherin green, Hufflepuff yellow and Ravenclaw blue uh, lighting up the iconic um, Empire State Building. Uh, and there is more. You obviously can s see that for free anywhere within uh, sight of the building. But uh, if you purchase a ticket uh, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. to visit the observatory on the 86th floor uh, on the 27th, um, if you are uh, there while supplies lasts, you can get a free copy of the 25th anniversary edition of Sorcerer's Stone, the original Harry Potter novel, and a free bottle of butterbeer uh, straight from Harry Potter New York store. Can't beat that. And you should just go no. to the store that day, too, and just do a whole Harry Potter theme day. The store is absolutely absolutely I, excellent love it so much. i still have not made it there i'm i've got to one of my next trips but uh you know i'm not sure if they're giving out paperbacks or hardcovers um but <clears throat> i know that that bottle of uh butterbeer costs about eight bucks um and you know the ticket to the observatory is is 42 so you can make back a little bit of your uh, ticket price right there Def definitely worth it uh i it's so crazy like we grew up up there i never did it until i was in high school on a field trip i was like i should probably go to the top of this it was very cool yeah i have um i the, <laughs> i think the way to make sure you never do tourist things in new york is to grow up around new york i did yeah. i mean i did love going to some of of the museums like the museum of natural history but um uh, you know, I, I never did the Twin Towers or I still haven't done the new Freedom Tower um, and, you know, all sorts of essential New York tourist traps that I have never visited. Even my grandfather actually worked his uh, tax office was in the Empire State Building for many, so many decades. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it was it's I know everyone it. thinks yeah. thinks of it as a tourist attraction, but it really is just a big office a building. building. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up our news in the queue uh, before we get to this week's main attraction it is time for us to hear a brief word from our sponsors the attractions podcast is brought to you by mei and mouse fan travel whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks an exciting adventure to the pyramids of egypt or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the bahamas mei travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation they are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction. And for this week's main attraction, Disney made a somewhat surprising announcement. They are planning on doubling their capital investment in their theme park. Uh, to about $60 billion over the next 10 years. And that will buy you a lot of premium Mickey ice cream bars <laughs> or e-ticket attractions, depending on what CEO Bob Iger and uh, Parks Chairman Josh Tomorrow depend to spend, uh, decide to spend this on exactly. We have absolutely no details whatsoever, uh, but they did announce this at a financial summit um so uh we they 
we have a quote here from Josh Demaro saying that they quote have an ambitious growth story that is supported by a proven track record and a bold vision for the future of our parks business. Um, so over the next decade, we are going to look for them to accelerate investment uh, to over uh, about twice what it has been. Um, yes. Which but that's also since this is the experiences division, the first thing mm-hmm. that I thought is that includes Disney Cruise Line. Disney Cruise Line is like a mother load of money and they've just been like kicking into overdrive the new ships and the Asia expansion. So I kind of saw this and I was like, God, like a lot of this has to be going to the cruise division. I think, uh, I think you are absolutely right because they have, they have said that the cruise is the most in demand part of their business right now. I think it's the most profitable part of their business. Um, People are willing to spend a lot more money on, you know, three days, four days, seven days on a Disney cruise than the equivalent time at Walt Disney World right now. Right. Um, and frankly, it's it's a better experience in a lot of ways. Um, so I think that, yeah, that investment in that is absolutely spot on. Um, this is and, Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people that didn't cruise before, but now that mm-hmm. the process of visiting the theme parks is not a streamlined process, they're like, how can we have that magic, that Disney excellence in uh, customer service and hospitality, but not have to do anything? And the cruise mm-hmm. is that you don't you just show up essentially. Yeah. And I also think that, um, you know, this 60 billion dollars, while I think some of it will probably come to Orlando, I would not expect the, you know, proportionally speaking, lion's share to be invested in Orlando. Um, I think that uh, we've seen Disney forward, um, taking a step forward with the release of an environmental impact study recently. Um, and a lot of money could be spent, uh, fleshing out the Disneyland resort, um, their Asian parks, uh, you know, still have potential for growth. Um, you know, even, uh, Disneyland Paris, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of plans upcoming there. And so, you know, I think that, that Orlando, um, you know, there's an interesting chart here um, that uh, they showed off um, that kind of shows uh, how the investment in terms of the number of new attractions, lands, things that they're building uh, was kind of flat in the end of the Eisner era and the early years of Bob Iger. Um, you know, you had Mission Space, you had Everest. Meanwhile, this is the, you know, this is the time when, um, you know, this is uh, the going back 20 years to the early 2000s. Um, you see right about the time where uh, Universal got serious with Harry Potter, then Disney starts coming back and spending money on things like Cars Land and Pandora. And you can see uh, that just as their capital investment has increased, their income has increased even more. Mm-hmm. And and that's this is this chart I think was really interesting. This dip here obviously is COVID. Um, but the interesting thing that they're pointing out is when they spent three times more on building new stuff, they made four times more money. Um, and part of that is because more people are coming to the parks and interested in the parks because of the new things, but also because 
new things means that they feel justified in raising the prices. Uh, and, you know, the, the park ticket price probably <laughs> pretty much follows this exact same curve uh, mm -hmm. minus that dip. Um, so you see that, uh, that, you know, every dollar that Disney is spending, those $60 billion that they're going to be spending in the parks, those are coming out of the pockets of the people who are attending the parks right now and who are spending a lot of money on lightning lanes and genie plus um they are the ones who are funded that 60 billion dollars is not coming out of bob Iger and josh tomorrow we're pockets. investors yes you are the every time you are are spending to you are the ones who are who are investing <laughs> uh you're just not getting any return in your investment unless you're a shareholder joy and happiness <laughs> so uh we have a bit of a rundown in this article at attractionsmagazine.com talking about a little bit of of what we know what we think that uh where this money is going to be spent very broadly um we think uh disney ip uh and expanding mm -hmm. ip and use of ip whether it's in the theme parks the cruise ships in consumer products uh that is where the focus is going to be you're probably not going to see a lot of brand new there's not going to be another haunted mansion or pirates uh that's something that is developed solely for the parks any anything we're going to see is stuff that's got ties to all forms of media so that it feeds into disney plus and it feeds into the cinemas and it feed you know it all connects uh from as they say from avatar to zootopia and everything in between um yeah their their big payoffs are always you know things like cars land galaxy's edge avengers campus uh that's that's where the money comes from and that's where the money is gonna go um uh we do think that a chunk of this is gonna go into that beyond big thunder mountain project mm -hmm. that they teased uh at destination d23 um but uh you know we've got stuff going on at hong kong we've got uh paris we've got tokyo um so look for money to be spread out all around the globe oh, yeah and if you've seen pictures of the world of frozen at hong kong it looks absolutely amazing i oh yeah it, it's unbelievable. gorgeous gorgeous um it's a little bit of a shame that this is all being built around a ride that is pretty much still maelstrom mm -hmm. <laughs> but um at least their version will have uh real faces uh instead yes. of uh, projected faces so that's and a roller coaster it looks it, yeah it looks amazing Mercy. um they have said as you very rightly pointed out uh they know that quote there is significant room for further expansion uh at sea um they pointed out they have 1000 acres of land uh if you put together the expansion land that they have at all their existing resorts and that's not even talking about the possibility of smaller not full resorts but smaller destinations and smaller markets you know universal is doing in vegas and in texas um and you know disney hasn't announced anything similar to that yet but there is always possibility of them you know creating a something less than a full theme park um right. but more than just like a chuck e cheese yeah um, i mean micro parts micro parks have been just an industry trend and mm -hmm. it would be shocking if they didn't jump on it just yep. because of how prevalent it's been um so uh we also talk a little bit about how disney uh, currently boasts seven of the world's top 10 most visited parks. Uh, that list is uh, topped by Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, uh, which means that they have about 100 million guests each year. 
Um, the company sees potential for reaching an additional 700 million plus people with, quote, high Disney affinity who haven't visited yet. That seems like a very ambitious number. But Disney says that for every guest who does visit a Disney theme park, there are more than 10 Disney fans who have not yet visited. Um, I would be curious what they think is keeping those people from visiting. Um, I would say that the ever-increasing cost is probably up there. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bob Iger uh, has a quote here um, saying that throughout their history, they've created enormous growth by investing the right amount of capital into the right projects at the right moment. And they plan to turbocharge their growth yet again with a robust amount of strategic investment in this building, in this business. So if you were thinking that Disney is going to sell off their theme park business or spin off their theme park business, uh, that does not like seem like it is going to happen uh, anytime soon. They yeah. seem to be doubling down. Uh, now, ABC uh, or um, ESPN or one of those might get spun off. Uh, I'm not going to make any predictions about that, but I know there's been a lot of reporting on that. But uh, it looks like Disney really regards theme parks and expanding theme parks as their core business. And we might be entering another phase. You know, we've kind of swung back and forth every 10 years where we get a lot of investment in the parks and we get a long period of time where they're just sucking money out of the parks and not putting in. Is this Looks another like... Disney decade? <laughs> Don't call it a Disney decade because every time we call something a Disney decade, nothing they announce actually gets actually... built. All right. Um, I will I will be I will be happy with just them. Uh you know, this chart that I showed, I, you know, I was kind of surprised when I saw how much density there is here, because uh, this is mostly is covering domestic parks. Uh, this is not even counting what they've done around the world. And, you know, I always kind of think that for the last decade or so, Universal's been building something new every year, and Disney's been kind of asleep. Mm -hmm. But really, it if you look back over the last, uh, going back to like fiscal year 12, from the opening of Cars Land, they really have had a run of some pretty major projects. And if they are talking about doubling this pace, um, you know, it it's... I don't think it probably would happen if it wasn't for Universal making such investments. Um, but I'm glad that uh, Disney is planning on not just catching up, but, but uh, surpassing what they're investing. Right. You got to keep your competition on its toes. Mm -hmm. so Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so thank you, Epic Universe, for scaring Disney <laughs> into spending more money. We appreciate it. Um, okay, I think that just about wraps up this week's show. Uh, before we conclude things, I'm going to just pop back and see if there are any more comments. And uh, of course, our biggest fan, Michael Bingham, checked in. Uh, he was very excited about that cotton candy turkey leg. Yes. And also excited about the future of Disney. I'm so glad to hear that your mom is doing well. Uh, we send her news. our continued well wishes uh, for her recovery. Uh, very glad to hear that. Um, and before we go, we have to, of course, uh, thank our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Uh, we want to remind everyone to please give us a rating and a review at Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. And finally, 
be sure to follow us uh, at attractionsmagazine.com. Search for Attractions Magazine on your socials. And Carly, where can everyone find you? Yes, I am on Instagram at Adventures by Carly and on X or Twitter, whatever, at Carly Caramana. I can't say the X. It just doesn't feel like right. I can't do it. I am on uh, I am on all so sane social medias <laughs> at, at S. Kuberski, and you can find my books at The Unofficial Guide. Um, so until next week, we hope that you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. And we will see you all next time. Take care. Yes. Bye. Bye.